This is Rewired Radio with Erica Spiegelman, addiction and wellness specialist, motivational speaker, and author, helping individuals, couples, and families regain a sense of control, leading to personal growth, wellness, and a more fulfilling life. Here's Erica Spiegelman. Welcome, everyone. So, when you imagine a top-notch detective who can outsmart criminal masterminds, do you imagine a man or a woman? The world of thriller fiction predominantly features alpha male characters, but my guest today, author K.J. Howe, is rewriting the rulebook. Her protagonist is a strong female operative who happens actually to have type 1 diabetes. KJ and I are going to talk today about why it's so important for books to feature characters who don't conform to people's expectations. And we're going to talk about how she shatters stereotypes in her own life as an avid traveler and an expert on the murky world of kidnap and ransom. Yeah, exciting. Welcome, KJ. So, so grateful to have you with us today. Uh, it's a real pleasure to join you. And thanks for the lovely introduction. Oh my gosh. Well, it's it's my pleasure and I'm excited. There's so many cool fun and uh and kind of inspiring things to talk about. I mean, this is you, what you write about to, for me is one of my favorite genres. So, um it's fa- it's fascinating. Can you tell us a, a little bit about how you got into writing um this kind of um this kind of storyline? Absolutely. So, growing up, I uh, my father worked in telecommunications. So we mm-hmm. lived all around the world, you know, Africa, Puerto Rico, Saudi Arabia, Europe. And so I kind of grew up with an international flavor, even though I was born in Canada. So I mm-hmm. knew I wanted to write an internationally based character, you know, mm-hmm. and Thea of Paris, of course, can travel everywhere for her job. And then uh-huh. also I felt so strongly that it was time, you know, we have James Bond, Jason Bourne, Jack Reacher, all these male action figures, and yet we don't have a female one. So I really worked hard to come up with a very fleshed out, hopefully, you know, well-balanced character um, that's strong, um, vulnerable, and female. I I love it. And and tell me her name again. You mentioned it just now. Thea Paris. Love that. Love that name. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it's short for, Thea is short for Athena, because Uh I sort of saw myself in the Freedom Book, which is the first novel. I Uh saw myself, in a way, writing a a modern-day Greek tragedy. So I really wanted to make her, she's American, but Uh she's, you know, of Greek descent. And I thought that would be really interesting. And then I was looking for Greek last names, and I, you know, it would be very difficult with some of those longer Greek names to have it roll off the tongue. Um, yeah. So I found Paris, and I thought it was a good fit. It sounds. I love the name. I think it, it's a perfect, a perfect name for a character like this. Um, so you know, I, I mean, as a writer myself, I write nonfiction, but for fiction, you know, I, I find it, I find it so as as a writer for you probably such an amazing outlet. I mean, how much of yourself is in your character? <laughs> Well, that's a really good question. I think any yeah. author that says none is probably in denial, right? Um, yeah. But I definitely think a lot of, you know, Thea is with me. Um, I'm, you know, adventurous. I love adrenalized activities. I love traveling. I love learning. Um, you know, so I definitely think a fair amount, actually. Um, at the same time, Thea is way braver than I am. She faces those doozies mm-hmm. down, no problem. Um, so... You know, nowadays that, you know, we have obviously a lot of strong male characters that are, you know, in in books and in movies and things like that. Do you feel that the narrative is changing, um, especially what's going on in our political climate around women and their capabilities and that women can speak their truths and women can have adventure and they don't have to be at home or stay in one place their whole lives? Do you feel like do you really feel like that is being embraced in a different way? Absolutely. I, I really think there's no better time, you know, to have a strong female action hero. 
mm-hmm. if you think about it, you know, Wonder Woman did so incredibly well at the box office. And there's, I think, a reason for that because it resonates with both men and women who feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of equality now. And we want to make sure some of the strongest people I know are women. And I really Absolutely. feel that it's nice to have it represented um, not only in the movies, but in, in fiction. You know, that's where I think the you know books are lagging just slightly behind. So I love seeing that there's, and I hope there's going to be a host of other characters that are strong female, um, ready to go in action, take on the world. You know, I think uh, in another lifetime, I would have loved to have been a spy. So this is my way of kind of vicariously yeah. living through that. Yeah, and I want to talk about that for sure. I just, but I also want, I, just, I appreciate the fact that this, that you're, that you're, character your your female character in your book it has has type 1 diabetes something that you know makes us human like we we do have ailments we do have things we're dealing with health wise and um you know, I have someone close to me who has diabetes and I, and I know how it really does shape and mold and affect who we are and and it it actually makes you a little bit more uh, disciplined and I think it gives you a different strength so why was it important for you to bring up a health issue regarding a character like this which we usually don't hear about Sure. Yeah, it's quite rare actually to have you know a lead character with an, um, some sort of health issue, chronic illness. Right. And yeah. there's a couple of reasons. Um, yeah, yeah, agreed. And I think it's timely as well because for me, um, I was a former medical writer, so I did a lot of articles on diabetes and many other mm-hmm. health issues. My grandfather had diabetes, and autoimmune mm-hmm. runs in our family. I also deal personally with a chronic health issue, so I mm-hmm. kind of thought to myself, you know, there's so many people out there who so need many. inspiration, right? You know, to, yeah. to and and I love the fact that there's Olympians with diabetes now, musicians, artists. I mean, you know, like there's a host of very talented people, a Supreme Court justice. You know, like it's really time, I think, for us to say, look, just because you have a chronic illness, it doesn't have to stop you from doing anything. You may have to make adaptations, right? And, and right, absolutely. Do different things differently, but you can still do whatever you want, and you can go for it in life. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's creating such an awareness, whether, you know, whether you mean to or not, it does. Because again, like you said, people do relate and and whether it's they relate themselves personally or they know somebody, um, it normalizes it and it takes the stigma away from it. So I appreciate that. Really do. Yeah. And and I I was very honored, you know, the American Diabetes Association um, did a little write up on the Freedom Broker to, you know, say that the authenticity was there in the diabetes background. And I really worked hard to make sure that it's part of the story, but it's not at the forefront either because it's not realistic, right? We all have our lives and other things we're worrying about, not only just mm-hmm. our illnesses, but it's also there and present at all times. So I tried to yeah. care- carefully balance that. Thank you for listening to Rewired Radio. And now a word from our wonderful sponsors, Professional Revenue Recovery Services. With the ever-changing landscape of private insurance reimbursement, the challenges of maintaining the health of your revenue cycle may seem insurmountable. From complicated billing and clinical guidelines to changing fee structures and more, today's behavioral health providers need an ally to help optimize the revenue cycle and ensure the stability and security of the revenue so that they can focus on providing quality care for their clients. My sponsor, PRRS, is a full-service revenue cycle management company that specializes in serving the behavioral health community. They offer traditional billing and collection services as well as utilization management, verification of benefits, training, and consultation. Additionally, they offer transitional and support services for facilities looking to self-manage their own revenue cycle. For more information on Professional Revenue Recovery Solutions, PRRS, go to www.prrsinc.com 
or to speak to a revenue management expert, you can call them at 1-888-405-3118. And and tell us the name of the book. Sure. Well, the first one in the series is called The Freedom Broker, and the Uh one that just came out is called Skyjack, and I bet you you know know what that one's about. (laughs) No, no. Tell us a little bit. So, sure. So, yeah. Um, Paris, you know, is try- so basically she's involved in running an orphanage um, in Africa, um, thanks to mm-hmm. her brother. And the former child soldiers are there. So she's mm-hmm. escorted two former child soldiers from Nairobi, Kenya, to London, England. The plane they're on is hijacked. And then the adventures begin from there. Oh, how cool. I love it. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. So is it and, out yet? And I'm been- Yes, it's it's out everywhere. You can find books okay. in Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You know, independent Great. bookstores. You name it, it's out there. Okay, iBook. Good. I just, um, yeah. You know, I, it it was fascinating. You can probably tell I'm a bit of a research junkie um, mm-hmm. because of my kidnapping. You know, I've immersed myself in the world of kidnapping ransom for the last five years. Yeah, and this so let's book, talk about it was that. absolutely, yeah. yeah, it was entrancing to get into into plane. So I got to all the nuts and bolts of planes and how you could maybe break into the cockpit. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, access the control panels and such. So I think people might find it quite interesting to get into the background of planes. It's like a win-win for you. You get to write an incredible, exciting book. And then you also get to do research. And, you know, you're a researcher. You're somebody who is, who is you know, finding ways to, um, you know, create a story out of, of, of the truth of, of matters, you know. And so with Kidnap and Ransom, you know, we've all, especially I think now these days, you know, I feel like Mexico is the most beautiful place and it's a shame that there's been some recent things that have gone on there in the news, but you know, kidnapping and, and ransom and it happens all over the world. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I don't think it's, it's as, um, it's as, you know, dis- as discussed as it maybe should be, or, or do you think, I, I know most people don't hear about it on the news. I mean, you hear about it like one off stories, but I, I feel like it happens more often than we're even aware you know, that's correct. And, and sadly, there are over 40,000 reported kidnappings every year, and that wow. number is growing. And the reason it's growing is twofold. One is that terrorists are using it as a fundraising mechanism because the oil supply is drying up in certain places, and they're just turning yeah. to that as a way of making money. And then also, mm-hmm. in a lot of uh, developing countries, there's military and police that are displaced. They have no way yeah. to put food on the table for their families. So they've turned yeah. to kidnapping as a way of literally making a living, which is incredibly sad. Because yeah. um, it's probably their last resort. And the right. interesting thing is that, you know, it, as a commodity, that's the way they see, you know, humans in this in this arena. Um, there's an endless supply, right? As long as there's yeah. humans out there that someone wants back, there will be right. kidnapping. That is unbelievable. I know it's it, it's like the it is like the wild, wild west or something, you know, but it does exist and it happens every day. Um, and it happens all over in, in many, and, many, many places. Yeah. Yeah, and some of them are surprising. And you mentioned Mexico. And just to give you a little perspective, you know, in the U.S., we don't really have a major kidnapping problem. And that's because 95% um, of kidnaps, you know, you'll be prosecuted and have a very severe penalty, like 20 plus years. But uh, you flip that number around. And in in Mexico, you probably have a 95% chance of getting away with a kidnap. So you can see where that leads. Yeah. And I'm the only reason I mention is because that's the only only time I ever hear about it on the news is in Mexico, maybe because it's it's, you know, a lot of American tourists are going there. And so they want to, you know, warn. But I also know uh, people personally. I know somebody whose husband was kidnapped um, in Africa. And I know, you know, I mean, I've heard I've heard many stories in different places. So um, in some of them very 
horrific and, you know, obviously traumatic and life changing for these people. So tell us a little bit about um, how you got into it. I, I, I read that you um, you met a man named Peter Moore, who was a British computer consultant who became the longest held hostage in Iraq. Where did you meet him and how did um, how did this inspire you? Yeah, so I read everything I could on kidnapping because I was truly fascinated by this topic. A lot of crime fiction focuses on murder, which is very intriguing, but it's final. And Uh I found kidnapping is kind of like this purgatory. You know, you're alive, but you're not really living. And you're in this frozen bubble. And it just was so compelling to me that you kind of hover in this thing, waking up every day, not knowing if this will be the day you're rescued or executed. Um, Mm -hmm. And I wanted to explore that. So I read everything I could. And then I Googled Kidnapped Ransom Conference, if you can believe it. And there is Really? Wow. And yes. And so Where I was it? Down to Miami for it. In Miami. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Which and and um because you know, quite often like it's it's largely based this industry in London, England and but also Miami is a big hot spot because it's a good kind of um, jumping off spot to go to Latin America where there's a lot of kidnapping, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I met this phenomenal guy named Peter Moore, and we've become very good friends, I'm honored to say. And, uh, you know, learning from Peter and what he survived, I mean, 946 days of captivity Mm. with Iraqi militia under enormously stressful conditions. Mm. And, um, you know, at one point, Peter was blindfolded and handcuffed and was using his cuffed hands to kill mosquitoes as a way of kind of keeping his mind busy and active while he was incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, it's just truly a, a human spirit, right? I think we yeah. never know how we're going to react when we're kidnapped. You know, it's one of those things right. that only if it happens can you really understand how you'd respond. And Peter was able to really negotiate for better treatment, you know, over the time. And he eventually negotiated himself an Xbox, if you can believe it. Wow. So, Oh, crazy. crazy. Well, he, he was, he, you said he's the only one to survive out of the five men that were taken that day, huh? That's crazy. It's heartbreaking. And he has a lot of survivor yeah. guilt about that because yeah. these four British military gentlemen were taken and sadly they didn't make it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a testament to Peter's spirit that he hung in there and just ended up coming back in a prisoner exchange situation. Wow. Unbelievable, these stories. And it, and it does. Yeah. It really shows the resiliency, the human resiliency that we all have, you know, but we, we yeah, I, luckily I don't have to be in yeah, those situations. Think, yeah. Yeah. Hope. You never can lose hope when you're kidnapped. That's the key thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so back to just back to your book and back to, um, you know, women and women that, that really do kind of breaking stereotypes and uh, kind of pushing pushing us to kind of, you know, journey along with them um, in different ways. I, I feel like it's such a good time in, in the world right now um, to, you know, kind of push our, our kids and to kind of change the, the narrative around um, what women can do and what we can become professionally, too. I, I, I love that about what you what, what you're writing about because I feel like um, women at a certain point in their lives have to make decisions whether they want to settle down or they want a family and it's 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 really you know most of the time they can't they kind of have to you know decide for themselves what's more important and I and I think you could have it all and I think that you could balance yourself in a way where you can have family you could have love you could have stability you could have you could have that balance and adventure and career and all these things so you know, do you, do you want to write a woman like that? You know, was that an intentional thing to? Absolutely. Because I mean, I feel like we all need balance in our lives, right? I mean, if we all become all about work, then, you know, that, that's unhealthy. 
in but we also, you know, that's why family is a huge theme in my books, for example. Yeah. Um, Thea and her has a, a pretty dis- dysfunctional family, and that's fun to work with. And mm-hmm. I feel like in every single novel I write, there'll be a strong, strong theme of family in there uh, and a very powerful emotional component, you know, sort of torn because I want to show that, yes, this is a woman of action, but she's also got a lot of heart and she really yeah. cares, um, you know, about her family, about others, her, the hostages she saves. That's what my, my goal is, to make her fully fleshed out. Because I think with female action hero, you know, I was I didn't want to write a superhero. You, you know, I wanted her to be human. Yeah, totally. And I and I think that comes through. And I think that's such a it's such a beautiful way to write someone and someone that everybody can relate to. Well, thanks. I sure hope so because um, mm-hmm. you know it's so much fun writing her. And I'm already writing book three right now. And in this in this story, which is going to be called Front Page, um, Thea is trying to negotiate for the release of a, of a group of journalists. And, you know, back in the day, it used to be high net worth individuals and, mm-hmm. you know, executives overseas were the main targets. But these yeah. days, it's crazy. Aid workers, missionaries, journalists, adventurers are all targets now. Amazing. Crazy. And, and are they really asking for money? Is that it? I mean, or they want like a political exchange or they want some some kind of exchange, you know, like... Um you know, I guess like a hostage exchange situation or is it, is it about money? Cause I remember back in the seventies, there were so many kidnappings, like you said, a high, you know, for people, the 1% very wealthy. Yeah. Bunch. Well, there is a mix. I mean, there, there are obviously groups like ISIS that sometimes, you know, do ideological things, grab journalists and, and make mm-hmm. a statement. Um, but in general, kidnapping is seen as a business. You know, it's ransom is a number one kind of you know, arena mm-hmm. for kidnapping. And that's why we have these people, these freedom brokers, you know, I call them, um, and they travel to the world's hot spots and bring hostages back home. And it's really sad that, that it's come to this, that, you know, people want money and they know that by taking others, they can yeah. have a, a booming business. And we're talking, this is a very, like, since 2009, just to give you some perspective, you know, like over 125 million made from just different groups um, in wow. kidnapping. Wow. That so is it's so sad. You know, yeah, and- you know. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, I'm so I'm grateful for you shedding the light on this and um and and also writing such exciting adventurous stories. So I, I really appreciate you being with us today. Um could you tell everybody where they could find you, um, a website and your books and everything so so people could could start catching up and reading about your Sure. So you can join Thea Paris on her adventures. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll say, you know, is that you get to do a lot of traveling in a Thea Paris novel because I'm an avid traveler. So yeah. hopefully I'll take you to some really interesting spots. Um, oh, so I'm at kjhow.com and on my website I have a, a map that you can use before you plan your next vacation because it has all the kidnapping hotspots on there. Um, oh, cool. I'm also uh, on uh, KJ Howe author with Instagram, Twitter, you know, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, pretty much out there as it is. And I love hearing from readers and um, always up for stories as well. I love hearing people's stories of adventures. And and as I delve deeper into the world of kidnap and ransom, you know, I'm hoping to uh, bring awareness about hostages and bring them back home. Oh, well, thank you for that work. And thank you for bringing uh, awareness and light to what's going on around that. Um, everybody, please go check out KJ Howe. Um, and uh, thank you. Thank you again for being with us. Uh, love to have you on after the new book comes out. I really look forward to it. Thanks so much for having me on today. Oh, my pleasure. You're listening to Rewired Radio on Radio MD. I'm Erica Spiegelman. 
Thank you all for joining us and stay well.